Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to welcome on the three co-hosts of the Redbird Red Zone podcast, the number one Arizona Cardinals podcast on the web, <laughs> Matt, Will, and Jackie, here to help us break down this upcoming game against the Cardinals. Guys and girl, welcome to the Dogs World Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Pleasure to be yes, here. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to this Sunday. Full as house, Raleigh. I don't think we've ever had this many people on at one time before. Yeah, we got to stop with the uh, gender assumptions here, Kevin. This is the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said guys and girl. I know. Yeah, he did. And that's still assumption, assuming, assumptioning. All right, all right. We welcome on our. No, that's dark. That's dark. Sorry, we're in a bad, depressed spot. Yeah, we. Yeah, you guys got to have a victory Monday this week. We did not, so we're still uh, we're still a little down in the dumps. But yeah. that congratulations on five victory Mondays in a row for you guys. <laughs> it's been yeah. awesome. Yeah, must last be week nice. was a little tight, and we we incurred a lot of injuries. But yeah, we're just we're kind of glad just to be here right now with everything going on and we missed our two starting cornerbacks last week ah so, join the club yeah. we were down to our sixth string on sunday and so and so jesus and and so this week it seems like we're gonna be without chandler jones due to covid protocols and we already have the second worst uh rush defense in the league we're giving up 5.4 yards per carry so now here comes the browns and the, their little two-headed duo monster and nick chubb and yeah, the uh, best running back tandem in the league right there. Yeah, so we're all, yeah. I think we're all kind of on pins and needles over here right, for this right. game to start. Guys, you have Kyler Murray, and you're 5-0, and the only undefeated team in the NFL. If Chandler Jones was oh. the only player in the team, I'd, I'd be worried too. But, well, I want to back up real quick. Talk to us about you guys born and raised Cardinals fans. Are you guys from, you know, the uh, where? it's not Phoenix, is it? Scottsdale? Tempe? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Tempe. No, the, the, the Cardinals Stadium, sorry. Oh, Glendale. Glendale. Yeah, outside that's, of Phoenix. That's yeah. my fault. That's my fault. That's a lot of Ohio State games there, Raleigh. Um, talk to us about how did you guys get start being Cardinals fans, and then uh, tell us the story of the uh, Redbird Red Zone origination. I, Is that word? I word? think I should tell the origin story. Yeah, yeah, yeah Will's Will, Will been there from the beginning. All right, so in like, I want to say like 2015, 2016, I was doing, uh, I was doing a uh, a Cardinals podcast with uh, Kyrie zero ninety one, who he uh, who he'd later go on to uh, to be one of our co hosts, and uh, that really went well. And a couple of years later, I, my uh, editor at Bobbles is like, "Hey, I kind of want to get a podcast together." So it's like, "Fuck it, I'm down. I'd I'd like to do it." So the first season we had was the <laughs> was the Josh Rosen year. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and uh, I remember in my in my uh, in our first episode, I said. You know, I don't know much about this Steve Wilkes guy, but I'm looking at this roster. Nine and seven, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so that year was a disaster. Uh, along the way, last year, because uh, we had like a year break because we, uh, we just kind of fell out of it, uh, these two guys joined me as, uh, as guests, and they later became full-on hosts. So 
I mean, these two are vital. I love these guys. <laughs> we, uh, but uh, as for how I became a fan, uh, I was kind of born into it. I, uh, my first ever football game was uh, actually Emmett Smith's last game. Uh, it was uh, in December of 2005. Okay. And then Mac, you came on after. Yeah. When did you come on, Mac? Um, well, actually, that first year, they invited me to come on. So I went on, did an episode with them. And lo and behold, the whole episode got erased. So we didn't even go on there. So I was like, screw this podcast, you know, whatever. And then, <clears throat> so the next season, which would be, I guess, last season, uh, they asked me to come on again and jumped on there. And then a couple weeks in, we got Jackie in. But, uh, yeah, born and, born and raised Cardinal fan, all, uh, all Arizona sports. So if we are, you know, if I do seem a little, you know, hesitant to, take in all the five and oh glory and everything. It's because I've been hurt before. So, you know, one game at a time, one win at a time. So, but yeah, so I appreciate you guys having us on. Uh, that was a good catch, Mac. We were actually trying to jinx you into submission there. And you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't take the bait. So I, I totally can't you, blame uh, this off on me. If we lose, you sprung that trap pretty well. Well done. <laughs> what about you, Jack? Yeah, so, uh, last year I went to the, uh, I had an option to go to either the Dolphins-Cardinals game or the Bills-Cardinals game. So I'm like, I'm going to take the safer bet and go Dolphins. And uh, they just asked me to come on to kind of share my experience because of all the COVID protocols. Yeah. Um, and then that happened to be, like, their highest-viewed episode, so they wanted me to come back for more. <laughs> so. Brush Shout their shoulders family. off. Brush Shout their shoulders off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, born and raised Cardinals fan. My dad's been a season ticket holder for a long time. So I've been to my fair share of games, not only in Glendale, but Sun Devil Stadium where they originated. So it's, it's yeah. been a long, painful journey. And I, my first game actually was a Browns game when I was like five. Nice. You got to yeah. see America's team. Yep. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty lucky. Yeah. But do you remember who they were playing? <laughs> um, no. No. It's probably probably those, like the Jake Plummer years, I'm sure we probably. Uh, if there's a tie, it'd be between the, the 90s Browns and the 90s Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So I want to go back before we even get to this season. Over the summer, um, you guys got J.J. Watt. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm not intertwined in, in Cardinals Nation, but I feel like for us on this side of the country, seeing J.J. Watt sign to the Cardinals was like a big shock. Um, some people thought he was coming to the Browns to play with, you know, Miles. Some people thought he'd go apart. With the, there's five other teams that they were talking about, but Cardinals weren't even on there. And then a lot of people like ESPN, a lot of talking heads, of course, don't do anything but talk shit for the most part. We're, we're wondering why JJ was going to go to the Cardinals because they didn't seem like they had a, a contending or a playoff or, or championship roster when he did. Uh, they all got the last laugh because you guys are now 5-0. and Kyler Murray is MVP candidate. You're losing your minds over there with some of these victories and these scores, as you should. Uh, so my question, what was the reaction when J.J. signed? And I guess what were your guys' expectations, knowing that you were getting a superstar, but he's kind of on that back nine of his career, and how's he lived up to it? I think it was euphoric for all of us, you know. It, it was that day on Twitter where it just, you know, you want that day to just go on forever. Um, and, you know, it, it had shades like the DeAndre Hopkins trade, just kind of that similar feeling. And I do think that's probably a, a 
re- a part of the reason why JJ chose us because um, you have Kyler Murray on the offense and your buddy DeAndre Hopkins, and then to team him up on the front seven with Chandler Jones. Um, and I, I know we paid him pretty well too. So, but I know that that was a, a huge add, and especially I know Jackie's been really talking about you know our lack of leadership last year, especially. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he he's came in and he's done a good job. He hasn't recorded a sack yet, but uh, through a couple of different metrics, I know Pro Football Focus and ESPN have him rated as one of the top interior pass rushers from defensive linemen this year. Um, and he had his most productive game last week against the 49ers. So hopefully he can keep it rolling against you guys. We're going to need it against that running attack. I like that you said, I feel like Miles has said it, Takaris McKinley has said it, I, I, JJ I'm sure said it somewhere. But with a lot, all these edge guys, people just want to look at sacks and nothing else. Like to Karis McKinley, one of our edge guys, he said, look, I didn't have any sacks this game, but I hit the quarterback five times. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm still doing my job. So that's the thing about that position is people want to just look at sacks. But you look at a guy like J.J. Watt, who you have to double team and keep your eyes on at all times so it frees up other guys, similar to how we have with Miles. And he obviously is leading that locker room, like you guys said, which is no surprise to someone like him. Yeah, I uh, I made the analogy a couple weeks back of another guy who, you know, was a Houston player that eventually came to Phoenix. I said, you know, J.J. Watt is effectively the Chris Paul of the uh, of the Arizona Cardinals. He's, his numbers don't exactly pop out on the stat sheet, but in terms of, like, leadership and just what you see on the field, it doesn't necessarily reflect. And it's he is a absolutely stellar player, and I think that he has been a great instrument to uh, the Cardinals' success this year. The well, any Cardinals fan would agree that the most pivotal statement win that you guys had was against the Rams a couple weeks back, <laughs> right? Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, now in hindsight, I mean that Cowboys win is looking pretty shiny too. I mean, they're you're their one defeat. Or they we got was, them later on in the year. Oh, yeah. that's right. The Titans, the, the Titans one to start the season was a big one as well for us. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this interview with our friends at the Redbird Red Zone Podcast to remind you that our friends over at Manscaped have got the best grooming products out there for men and women. Check them out. Go to manscaped.com, type in code FANSIDED20. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping on your first order. I got five words for you. Performance Package 4.0. I think that's five. One, two, three, four, five. Five words. Best razor I've ever had. It's waterproof. The lawnmower, you have to get it. One more time, manscaped.com. Promo code FANSIDED20 for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays are coming up. You need gifts. What better way to say Merry Christmas than with the new razor? Well, there's probably some other ways, but you get what I'm saying. Back to the interview. What were some of the standout, I don't know, players? Who, who should the Browns, I'm kind of jumping the gun on this question, some of the bigger names to look out for on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you guys have had shootouts that you've won. You've had when you beat who was it? The uh, Niners. It was nineteen. What is it? Seventeen to ten. Fairly yeah. low scoring game. Uh, what are some of the patterns you're seeing on defense? The defensive side of the ball. Who are some of the names the Browns should be looking out for, other than JJ and Chandler Jones? I think I think the biggest guy who has stepped up this season is Isaiah Simmons, top ten pick from last year. Um, he missed all of training camp, like all the rookies last year. But just like who, what he does on a, for a defense, he plays so many different roles. He can be your outside linebacker if you want to. He could even play safety. So I think last year was just kind of to start the season. It wasn't as expected. 
um, for him, especially. He, he lost a lot of snap counts after that week one, he, um, but he built it up. And by the end of the year, he looked like the player that we are seeing now. Um, and one thing I know you guys is the Browns, you guys have a pretty good tight end. Yeah, we have three very – we have a very good tight end. Send us Austin Hooper. I know a lot of fans are like, we got, yeah. anybody, give us Austin Hooper. We got Austin Hooper. <laughs> we lost Max Williams on offense. And Harrison Bryant's uh, pretty good. He's in so, his sophomore year. So the Cardinals, we've historically been awful against tight ends. Like, I don't know if you guys play fantasy football, but there was a couple of years there where it's just like – even Cardinal fans are like – you know who the Cardinals who, who the Cardinals playing? We're gonna pick up that tight end, you know, and, and just roll with Great it. Story. But uh, this year we were right amongst the league leaders in uh, least amount of catches given up and yards to tight ends. And a big reason is Isaiah Isaiah Simmons entering last week. He was the number one linebacker in passer rating according to Pro Football Reference on any linebacker uh, with at least ten targets thrown his way. And that's just something that we haven't seen. Uh, for a long time as Cardinal fans. And so that, that's definitely one name to keep an eye on. Another name who doesn't get a lot of pub is uh, our, our safety next to Buda Baker. And Buda Baker's playing like an all-pro too. But the safety next to him, Jalen Thompson. Uh, this last week is the second week in a row leading the Cardinals in tackles. And he's playing um, coverage as well as pretty much anyone back there. And like we mentioned a little bit earlier, we have a lot of injuries that are, are secondary with our number one cornerback, Byron Murphy, who's a third-year player, he's stepped into the cornerback one role after Malcolm Butler retired uh, unexpectedly. And then Marco Wilson, who also missed last week with injury, fourth-round rookie. Um, and replacing him last week was Robert Outford, who I got to give a shout-out to him. He misses the last two seasons due to injury. So week one this year, we signed him two years ago, had him last two seasons, didn't play a snap for us. We brought him back on a league minimum. Last week he ran out there as a, a basically the cornerback one and for Byron Murphy and gave up two two receptions on four targets for one yard. Um, so he's a hell of a comeback story. So there are a bunch of names that you know aren't gonna you're not gonna really see like on ESPN or anything like that. But it, they've just gelled as a team, and you know you got to give take your hats off to Vance Joseph. A lot of fans wanted uh, me included wanted him out after season one, but uh, he stuck to it, and you know. We have a top eight defense in uh, points given up and a top five uh, offense uh, for points four. So when you have that, you're going to have a pretty good team usually at the end. Yeah, you guys have a freak of a front seven, freak show of a front seven. Like you got, we've already talked about Chandler Jones, J.J. Waters, Isaiah Simmons, David Collins. When you guys played the 49ers, you guys successfully had your 10th forced turnover of the year, I believe. And then you guys had that goal line stop. You also stopped four or five fourth-down tries by the 49ers. This defense is no joke. That goal line play where you guys stopped them there, like violently stopped him uh, from getting in, it's just fun to watch. So was this coming into this year, is this the defense you guys expected to see, or are they taking you by surprise? I <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, yo, this is like Christmas early, baby. Yeah, I mean, I, I, will, I won't lie i'm gonna totally eat crow here this defense is not at all what i expected it to be like uh going into this you know just to start the season you know it's like oh yeah you know malcolm butler's retiring who who's in our our secondary now oh that's our secondary and, it's, and then you know a couple weeks later it's like oh our secondary is looking really good against good receiving teams so it's like i'm really liking what i'm seeing our front seven looks stout our secondary is 
has effectively made it a no-fly zone for a lot of teams. I, I really dig it. I love what I see. Yeah, no, it took me by surprise as well, especially um, in the draft. I think uh, corner was high on my wish list, and then we went another linebacker, and I was a little upset about that. But doesn't matter. Our corners have been playing lights out. Um, hopefully we can see them healthy this Sunday. So not just the defense, talking about preseason and now. You guys have come in. We've said it before. Everyone knows you're 5-0. and But, I mean, you guys smoked the Titans. You smoked the Jags and the Rams. Talk about – Will, you said a few years ago, you're like, oh, we're going 9-7. and seven. Coming into this season, did you guys have – what were your expectations for this team overall? Um, I know everyone would want to say, oh, we, we knew we'd be undefeated by you know week six. But what were your expectations coming into the year, and where are they at right now? I'm glad he picked Will. I'm glad he picked Will for this one. <laughs> Anyone can answer. Us. <laughs> gonna roast me for the, on this forever. Huh? <laughs> no, he picked, he picked I, us to go under 500, so we got to you know give him a little well, hey, hey, here. I, I had a score Whoa. 500 in the first in the week one episode. In the preseason episode, <laughs> I said nine and eight. I said nine oh, and eight. We'll episode. have to go back receipts on that, but okay, I trust you. I uh, I had very tempered expectations. I. Uh, as a Cardinals fan, I, I know pain and suffering. I have seen four and no seasons to, to, uh, collapse into five eleven seasons. I've seen, you know, seemingly unstoppable Kyler Murray teams turn into eight and eight seasons. I mean, it's it's a hard it's a hard team to root for. So I mean, going into this season, I had very tempered expectations. I thought we'd have a winning winning record. I wasn't sure if we'd make the playoffs, but as it stands right now, we have seen this team's full potential. We have seen what they can really do. And honestly, if if you know if they don't if they either don't make the playoffs or they don't make it far in the playoffs, I think that's a disappointment. I, th- I think that this team has the has the capability to go a long way if they uh, if they live up to what they can do. Stay healthy. The yeah. biggest thing is so we saw this last year. The Cardinals went six and three to start the year, um, and we kind of had similar vibes. We did not have the defense looking as good as what it is now. But then Kyler Murray got landed on by some big old Seattle defensive lineman, and after that, kind of just downward spiraled our our whole offensive game plan. We couldn't go deep anymore, so he was trying to play through injury, and it was apparent, and he wasn't running at all. Uh, so that. That's another reason why, you know, a lot of Cardinal fans are tempering expectations. Is You know, we have a hell of a team, but all it takes is one hit. You take one hit to Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy isn't coming in here and saving the day for the season. So, you know, every down, every player kind of just holding our breath and, you know, trying to enjoy the journey because a lot of these times, a lot of these seasons, um, they're not, they don't feel as rare as this one right here. Like, this has a, a special feeling. So just kind of just trying to soak it up and enjoy it. I feel like you guys have a great supporting cast still around him. I mean, obviously losing Kyle would be, you know, detrimental as all hell. But I think, and you, I'm thinking of last night watching the Ravens play, and I would say Ravens fans uh, are probably saying that way more because if they're if Jackson yeah. goes down, Lamar goes down, they have no one else on that team. Oh yeah, but and then but he's in the same level. You know, he's that superstar like Kyler. Um, well, did you have something? Sorry. No, it's uh, – I was just kind of thinking. I don't know if you saw my thinking face. Called ADHD comes with a blatant thinking face. <laughs> uh, just what you said is what a lot of teams are, you know, kind of hoping and praying is our team looks good. God, please keep them healthy. And I was just thinking how stupid this addition of the extra game to the regular season is. And 
Kevin, I haven't, we should probably discuss this on the podcast, maybe in the off season next year, we plan ahead, whatever, but do you have any idea that what the players union gained, like what kind of concessions the players gained from that? Cause I see no advantage to anyone, especially the league for the addition of the, what is it? The 17th regular season game. I don't think it was anything of what the, what they would gain from an extra game. I think what they gained was pretty much deleting half of the preseason with training camps and all that. And they said that by doing that last year, the data that came in said injuries around the league were down a certain percentage point. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea how to answer that. I just know there's a lot more focus on what they gained by having a, a lesser preseason. That's a great question. Cause I, I mean, obviously it's money NFL. I mean, they're going to go to, they're talking about 18 games over the next couple of years. So I, it blows my mind. And so we're having this debate that has nothing to do with either of our teams, but you guys seem like you might have an answer to it. Um, That's the reason why we're playing each other though, is that extra game. You're right. Yeah. This is that game. Yeah. Is it really? right? yeah. yeah. I, know. I love it. I'm just hoping everyone stays healthy. Yeah, exactly. I'm still bitter about the, every time I play Arizona or I've gone Ooh. to Arizona for an Ohio state national championship game. Granted, they were playing Florida. The Browns game two years ago, <laughs> and every year I'm going with like, oh my god, I think we're going to win this year. It's a sweet place to be. Had a mini moon there after I got married last year, and every year we just get smoked. <laughs> so now it's in Cleveland. This could be the year. I don't know. I'm having a lot of questions about our defense. I thought they were the greatest defense of all time two weeks ago. I call him the best defense in the NFL heading into last week, so he can blame me for jinxing it. You have that power. Look, Mac, we've been looking for any excuse or any reason possible, so we appreciate you volunteering <laughs> for that. So of our listeners, Mac <laughs> is what ruined our defense this jinx. Baker puts up 42 points, and he's still getting blamed. He, he did his yeah, job. Yeah. Like, it blows my mind. That's I, ridiculous. Yeah, as a Cardinal fan, that, that's, that's ridiculous seeing that. That is what wife had to come out and say something. Yeah, she... I don't know. It's kind of frustrating. Uh, the other thing is, it's like, well, who the hell are we? If it's not Baker's fault, that doesn't mean you just tee off on the defense. I don't know why we just, as a fan base, can't just come together, realize that the refs still hate Cleveland from Bottlegate, and figure out how to burn this whole thing down. I don't know. So, yeah, like I said, it's Tuesday. We're still kind of depressed. Caught me on a depressed day. But to sum it up, both of our, both of our fan bases and franchises know plenty of pain. So yeah. that's why I think that we can relate very well to a lot of things here. A lot of talk over the last several weeks, of course, for obvious reasons regarding college coaches going to pros, pro coaches going back to college, obviously with stuff going on with Urban Meyer, <laughs> talking about all the historical stuff there. Cliff Kingsbury, he didn't have the best – record in college and then you guys hired him and it was like whoa whoa what's going on here we've seen this happen before we've seen the script a thousand times uh it's working knock on wood his air raid offense talk to me when you guys hired him were you guys like oh, let's go a young dude it's gonna be like a sean McVay. were you guys like damn it it's the same old cardinals it's the same way as we would go the same old browns or something risky like that or how was understand hiring cliff and and where we're at with him now i uh I was hesitant about it when it first happened. I mean, my, uh, I mean, I was definitely glad that Steve Wilkes was gone because it's like he's by far the, the worst coach in Cardinals history, and I don't want to debate anybody on that because that's just facts. Uh, but uh, I mean, I knew very little about Kingsbury going in. All I knew is like, oh, uh, he plays these, you know, this hot, fast-paced offense. I, I always see Texas State 
Texas Tech in the uh, in the box score. It's like, oh yeah, they got fifty five points uh, this week, and then they did it again and again and again. And it's like, but uh, I I am I was a uh, a bit of a doubter the first two year first two years. Uh, there were definitely some some things he did that I I wasn't a fan of, but I like what he's doing this year. I think that he uh, his his schemes finally coming into its own, and I think that uh, he's having himself a good year. It's yeah. Sorry, five and zero. Oh. Nice take. Will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, wait, most Cardinal fans wanted him fired. They, they thought this was the year for sure that he was going to get fired. But I think the biggest turnaround this season has been the personnel that we've gotten. He can finally run the offense that he had envisioned. But initially, I was really excited about Cliff. Uh, didn't know much about him other than he coached Mahomes and Baker in college. So, you know, two great quarterbacks on your resume doesn't hurt. And uh, he's pretty easy on the eyes, I'm not going to lie. I was going to say, <laughs> did it hurt when you guys briefly had the best-looking head coach in the NFL and the fancy got hired, and now he's, like, knocked down a little bit? Or <laughs> both have, We both have. We, uh, I know. Why are they laughing, Yeah. Molly? Yeah. <laughs> Like there was a when, when, when Cliff got hired, there was a a portion of the fan base that was super excited because we were just coming through the Mike McCoy, Josh Rosen, and that was offensively that was pathetic. So our whole I know my mindset going in was okay, Steve Kime, our general manager, has to find the right defensive coordinator and has to find the right defensive pieces because Cliff is going to prop up an offense that was literally one of the worst in NFL history before he arrived at Josh Rosen. Um, and so there was a group of us that, I mean, we were excited. And there was a hashtag that started trending around stiff for Cliff. So not everyone was against it. You know? Yes. So, yes. I, too was <laughs> I want to start tweeting that. I'm going to tweet that tonight just for fun. Hey, if you put in hashtag stiff for Cliff, you're going to you're gonna go through a bunch of uh, Cardinal fans. But you're going to see how it's like – before this season, there was like a blank space because there there was. Everyone knew heading into this season, though, that this was make or break. But not only for him, but for Steve Kime, our general manager. He's, you know, he's our winningest GM, but that's not saying a lot. But we've been five years now under him. Um, so now, I mean, they've both saved faces, and they, we've gotten a defense. I mean, I always said, you get him a, a, even a, you know average defense, we're going to win a lot of games with him. He's an offensive Guru guy, and it's funny that you you call it the air raid um, because he actually, if yes, look at it this week, he runs the, the ball a lot more than what people anticipate on the season. Uh, we're, we're actually throwing the ball only three or four times more per game than we do rushing it. We've passed 165 times, we've ran it 151, uh, which is something that not a lot of people. We don't. James Conner's averaging 3.6 yards a carry but he's got five touchdowns and only Derrick Henry has more in the NFL so far. Um, so Cliff, Cliff really loves trying to make it third and manageable for Kyler Murray. Um, and that's, that's kind of the thing that threw me off when he came here is actually how much we actually r- runs the ball. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on this week for you Browns fans. See how, if you guys can keep Connor out of the end zone, cause that's one thing that he's been able to do. He, he's not going to break a lot of, you know, 25 yard runs, but, He's a power back, and he's going to throw his shoulder into somebody. And so I'm looking forward to seeing him go up against his front seven when it comes down to it inside the red zone. Well, you may, go ahead. Quick question uh, in, in regards to that. I was thinking about this watching the uh, the Bills games. When you have the mobile quarterbacks, the Lamars, the Murrays, the uh, God Josh Allen's, 
do you see many uh, design run plays with Kyler, or are they trying? Are you seeing him using his legs on like a broken play? This year, it's broken plays. It's I would say eighty percent of his rushes are on broken plays. The first two seasons, I'd say more times than not. He was getting not. lit up a lot. He was getting lit up, and, right? and that was a big thing heading yeah. into this year. We didn't want him to rush. He has not rushed for more than forty yards in a game this season. You told us. <laughs> Heading into this year, if he rushed for forty or less yards, we were like four and thirteen. Um, this year so far, we're five and zero. Oh, and if he got above forty yards in those previous two years, we were like nine and three or something like that. So this offense has definitely evolved from just being the Kyler Murray leg and arm show um, to a, a well-rounded, balanced offense. We have five receivers who've caught at least or five. Um, Offensive players who've caught at least 15 passes this year. Um, Ch- Chase Edmonds, just like you guys, leads leads the team actually in catches. He's actually tied with DeAndre Hopkins. So I know Kareem Hunt leads you guys with catches. So, I mean, Chase Edmonds kind of plays that Kareem Hunt role. I like to look at James Conner and Chase Evans. It's kind of like the poor man's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, if that makes Ooh. sense at all. You got, like- a of, you got a lot of flexibility with Chase. And then James Conner, I mean, Nick Chubb's the best, one of the best guys and you know top two in the NFL running backs and that's not James Conner but they give you a different change of pace and so you guys will see that how it's changed from just a Kyler Murray leg show really uh, into a well-rounded offense and this is a great segue into the offense which I wanted to get into uh, side note you said the arm and leg show that's what people refer to Raleigh and I when they see us in public, really. But <laughs> with my shirt off. With our shirts off. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and shorts on. He's got the arms, he's got the legs. Yeah. Oh, no, it's both of us have everything. The answer is oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. The answer is yes, yeah. So, Kyler Murray, to know, unless you've been living under a rock, is an MVP candidate, one of the most explosive offenses in this league. I look at you guys, and I've never made this analogy to a football offense before, but it's like watching a basketball team in a football sense. Different and not like different from Mahomes because you guys have obviously Kyler leading it, and then you've got Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Christ, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you got our James Conner, we talked about. You guys drafted Rondale Moore, who, like we're talking about, Hunt. He's your catcher on specialist. From that, you guys are doing a lot more screens and bubbles and gadget plays with him. Like, you guys have so many options and weapons. And not just, it's one thing to have options, but you guys are employing all of these different options all over the place. Talk to me about this offense. I know it's a vague question, but again, what has surprised you the most this year about that? I think the addition of our center, Rodney Hudson, who hopefully will play Sunday. That was my next question, um, but sorry. Keep hopefully, going. but um, yeah, he's been the biggest um, asset to this offense because now that we have time to get Kyler to set up to throw, we can make some of those air raid plays that everyone's, you know, our offense is so famously known for. But not only that, but even like these little screens that Cliff was calling last year that wasn't working. Um, now our run game is really getting going so the our our line has been the biggest thing with our offense agreed yeah yeah last year especially uh uh, cliff would run like a lot of screens and unfortunately for us last year our best uh our fastest receiver was probably like andy isabella and he was so far down the depth chart that he often time wouldn't even you wouldn't see passes thrown his way or anything so you'd see you know these little bubble screens or just regular old screens run with like larry fitzgerald or deandre hopkins just like these 
you know, really good wide receivers, but never the guy you want to see running a screen. Uh, this year, I mean, going off of uh, going off of uh, your basketball analogy, just the general distrib- distribution of the ball has been has been insane. Like uh, most of our receivers get a good amount of touches in a game. It's like it's like watching like a 1950s basketball game where they just don't shoot the ball. <laughs> but uh, I like that. I uh, but like a a casual might uh, might you know listen to things about our team is like oh yeah no this is just a passing team and it's like no this is a well oiled machine. Uh, our passing and rush, uh, rushing uh, attempts it's almost even like uh, we have. We've had 165 passing attempts and 151 rushing attempts this year, so it's pretty well 50-50. So, I mean, if this team doesn't beat you one way, it'll beat you another. Like like Jackie said, though, it, it all really comes down to the offensive line. Um, in, in years past, Kyler, you'd hit Kyler early in a game, uh, and he, he'd kind of you know act skittish back there. And now he's not really getting hit early in a game. So he's able to sit back there. He's able to trust what he's, he sees in front of him. And this is the first time this year where, where we've seen him actually start checking out of plays. He never really did that before. And he's actually reading, going from his first read, second read, third read. Third read's not there. Then that's when he really scrambles. So that's definitely the, the maturation of Kyler taking this offense basically by the horns. Um, and he's essentially just he's essentially a coach out there now. When years pass, he was just trying to go off his pure athletic ability. So it's, 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 you know, we've gone, had a lot of injuries up front, even up front, and we've had one guy after another come in on the offensive line and have, have actually shown their worth, which has been rare in the past. So, I mean, right now we're all just crossing fingers, you know, hope, hope, hopefully it keeps rolling and uh, we'll see how it goes against your guys' front seven because you guys are no joke up there either. So you're saying we need to hit him first. We need so, yeah. to hit him first, early, weak yeah. as acquired. Let's email Stefanski. I was going to say, make sure Stefanski said after this yeah, episode for sure. Uh, and that's interesting you guys say that about Kyler, though, about him getting a little skittish back there. Because I know when I think of that, a lot of defenses know that about Derek Carr. They know as soon as they hit him once yeah. or twice, he just gets scared the rest of the game, as would I. So I'm not trying to, you know, let's be real here. So it's interesting to hear that about him. Um, talked about injuries a little bit, to be honest. I don't even know. All, we, we're still waiting on like 10 MRIs yeah, from the other yeah. games. I have no clue who's in or out, um, which is going to change a lot of things about this game dramatically in the next couple of days. Uh, Max Williams, tight end for you guys, left the game, I believe, on a cart. Rodney Hudson, three-time Pro Bowler, who you talked about, Jackie, your star center. Those are what I saw. with, And you guys just said, too, Chandler Jones on the COVID list. Uh, are those the three guys that we might not see on Sunday? I mean, Max Williams, It's it's not been confirmed yet, but it's pretty much uh... – it's pretty much certain that he'll be out for the rest of the year. Whenever I see a cart, I just assume it's a, at least yeah. a week. Yeah, it's uh, Ian Rappaport says he'll uh, he suffered a season-ending uh, injury. Uh, Byron and Marco are questionable. Chandler is stated to be out. Uh, I mean, it's uh, we're hopeful Rodney can yeah. come back. That's kind of what we're <clears throat> we're hopeful. His backup stepped in Max Garcia, who's got a lot of starts under his belt in the NFL. Came in and played well, but. But Rodney Hudson is the, the, literally the anchor up front. So we're all, same as you guys, just kind of hoping and praying at this point that uh, whatever MRIs come back look, look good. We had, our, we had Wyatt Teller on the podcast a couple times, and he told us for linemen, 
every single snap when you go up and you get your it's like it's the equivalent of a 35 mile an hour car crash on their bodies every single time and i think people realize like yeah obviously in some, the running backs get killed everyone's getting hit but linemen however many times that is a game a lot of those guys even after the first couple of weeks so many of them like for example jc treader our center he doesn't really practice during the week because he's trying to just get better from the last game to be able to go the next game. And a lot of these linemen, they don't even they, they can't physically practice during the week because how torn up their bodies are. So that's a, that's the thing with Cliff. <clears throat> the one thing with Cliff is, you know, a lot of people mocked him for the hiring or whatever, but I he's he's a player's coach through and through. So he'll be he gives a lot of guys Wednesdays off, and I know a lot of radio people, you know, jump on him like, why aren't, why aren't these guys practicing Wednesday? It's a big day, but uh, it's working. I mean, and he, he's the type of coach that will take the blame for everything, but then gives all the players all the credit all the time, you know? So that's it, kind of a coach who I feel like the players will actually run through a wall for, and you wouldn't expect that, you know, when he first got hired and everything you heard about him, like, how is he going to take control of the locker room? But he treats them like grown men. He's not going to tell something to the media that he wouldn't tell them, you know, beforehand. So it's, that's the thing with Cliff. He does kind of do the same thing where he, he gives the guys as much rest as possible and he trusts them, you know, to be pros and be ready on Sunday. One more question that we can go in and get into predictions um, before we wrap up. So I've already kept you guys longer than I promised. So I apologize. Um, and then Raleigh, if you have something too. Uh, do, uh, this, is, this is nothing against either of them individually. Let's get that clear here. Does anyone in Arizona – give a damn about this. The media is trying to make this as Kyler versus Baker, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma thing. I don't, I couldn't care about any storyline less, not just in football, but anywhere. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a manufactured storyline. I think, yep. that, I think, I think that nobody outside of maybe Sooners fans really cares. Yeah. Okay. There no, you but, go. Oh, you uh, fans for sure. Yeah. In 2019, was it the, when we played them last? Yeah. I yeah. was at the game. A lot of Sooners fans. Lots of Sooners fans. But they were there for Baker, not for Kyler. I can back that up. Uh, yep. On the Browns-specific Instagram account, Angry Browns fans, there are a ton, and I mean a ton, of Oklahoma, now Browns fans, just because I think they were kind of looking for a team. Baker was the guy. I don't know if Ky, uh, Kyler brought the same type of weight. Oklahoma, I swear there's some about. They don't want to be Cowboys fans. That's what I've just decided based off of my skewed insight. But they are all about their quarterbacks, and they love their guys. So it could just be, a, I don't know, claw for ratings, but I don't think you're going to have trouble getting people to watch that game. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's the only game on Fox during that time slot. So yeah. Like, <laughs> not exactly like it's <laughs> – I never thought about this till just now, Raleigh. Uh, Will, Mac, Jackie. Uh, Raleigh started an Instagram account for however many years ago. It's got tens of thousands of followers, angry Browns fans. And he'll promote the podcast. In like, and I'm just realizing now that our guests always know us as Dogs of War Podcast. Then they get tagged in something from an account called Angry Browns Fans. And it probably confuses <laughs> them, but that's awesome. I'm very entertained by that thought now. What? Wait, Sidebar. What? Like they, they they see they're getting tagged by an account, angry Browns fans, not realizing at first that it's you. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So that's <laughs> that's hilarious to me. Yeah, like who's this guy? <laughs> Loves our podcast now. Yeah. A retweet. So Thanks. Sunday we got the Arizona Cardinals five and zero. 
First perfect start in almost 50 years for you guys. Got to give credit where due. Last undefeated team in the NFL. One thing we like to do here is finish up with predictions. Uh, if you guys are okay with that. some I, We've had some people that are like superstitious. We can't do that. Sorry, but no, thank you. Um, Jackie, ladies first. Sunday, 3 p.m., 4 p.m. Eastern. Oh, like I was hoping I would go last. We can go um, ladies last. Just got to give ladies first the option. Yeah, pick me last. <laughs> All right. Go back. Flip a coin. I'll go first. So <clears throat> I know uh, I know there are a lot of Cardinals fans kind of worried about this game, and my brother in particular. Uh, he thinks we're gonna. He thinks it's just time. You know, we've we've kind of played good teams, and we've kind of held them off. And he thinks the Browns are gonna get us this week especially with them coming out angry after last week. But for me, I, I can't pick against Kyler right now um, and this team. So I'm going to go 27-23 Cardinals. Well, oh, geez. It's that time of the week. It's, time, it's that time of year again, isn't it? Well, your face right now, people can't see you on video. You're like that scene in The Hangover where Alan is about to go play blackjack with the numbers <laughs> around in front of him. I mean, you, are, you are in deep thought right now, and I like that. I uh... – I've got a reputation with the cast. I am the pessimist of the group. And this week, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I'm, I'm looking at that Browns rushing offense, and that is just a well-oiled machine. And that that is our biggest weakness. The Cardinals' biggest weakness is our rushing defense. Uh, as, add on to that, I mean, Browns are coming coming in with something to prove. Uh, Cars just got back from an ugly game, and – Frankly, I mean, the Cardinals never really do well on the East Coast. So, I mean, I'm going to predict the Cardinals L here. I love this team. I will defend it to the death. Call me shocked. <laughs> I respect that. I'm the resident pessimist, though. I, Raleigh, I'd say Raleigh's definitely the more positive outlook. I'm more the I've been beat down so many times. But that's why it works. you got to have those opposite takes like you guys do. Uh, those refs might have broke me on Sunday. <laughs> like, I, like that was – Well, he, you were also there. You were there yeah. in person. Oh, Every time I go to a kick-ass, sunny state to watch the Browns win, something shitty happens, and it's like <laughs> it just erases a magical weekend. And I'm like, well, it, not only did it erase the magical weekend, my Monday and Tuesday have been blown out of the water. So – but back by Wednesday, anyway. Probably not yet. Raleigh and I haven't been to our therapist yet this week either, so you guys are kind of filling in for that right now, so we appreciate you listening. Raleigh, your prediction, though? Um, yeah, it's. I do think the Browns are going to play pissed, and I don't know if they're going to just you know, try to win the game with uh, run control and try to exploit that uh, cards defense or run defense. Um, but, I mean... Tyler Murray's a little cheat code with a turbo button. So I think it's going to be a fairly high-scoring game, but I think I'm going to go Browns 37, Cardinals 17. I do that every week. Erase that, Kevin. Like I tell all, I tell all our guys, I'll listen for the story a thousand times. He, like last year we had Ravens podcast on. He said like Browns 63, Ravens 3. And the guy fell. The guy fell out of his chair. Like thought he was here, but uh, I, it's going to be a slugfest. Look, I would not bet on any team against Kyler Murray right now, except that Stefanski has never lost two in a row as Browns coach yet. Um, I almost want to do you guys a favor and have you guys. Well, again, you could go. Hey, knock it. You could go. 
win every game and Super Bowl, whatever. But I feel like you would rather lose a game now than like Pittsburgh and wait till November, December to ruin that undefeated streak. You know what I mean? That's just me. I've never been undefeated before. Um, I'm going to go uh, 21-18 Browns. All right. I respect it. Um, Thank you, Jackie. I think it's going to be high scoring, but not anything crazy like the Chargers and the Browns. So I'm going to say 31-27 Cardinals because I can't bet against my team. No, I respect that. Yeah. But that's probably the most realistic of the. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is the Uh, week that I hit watch. Raleigh, any final thoughts? Go Browns and F Kyler Murray. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now, just uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, no anytime. Yeah, Mac, Mac, no, yeah, anytime. Mac, Will, Jackie, again, the Redbird Red Zone hosts. You find this podcast anywhere? All uh, Spotify and YouTube, but we're thinking about expanding, but we're working on it. There you go. We'll have all the Twitter info and everything in the episode description. Once again, Redbird Red Zone, thank you so much for joining us. For our guests, for Raleigh, for myself, this has been the Dogs of War Podcast. Good night, Cleveland. This is how the story goes.